0: your voice could tell someone else's story, what truths would come to light? You're listening to Myths and Morals, a podcast focused on retelling of ancient stories complete with their fascinating characters, intricate plots, and dramatic scenes that span the entire spectrum of the human experience. You'll hear tales of love, loyalty, betrayal, revenge, and more from epics that have endured thousands of years. My name is Girish, and I'll be your host. When the demon Hiranyaksha terrorized Mother Earth, goddess Bhudevi, and tried to drown her in the cosmic ocean, Lord Vishnu took the form of a wild boar, the Varaha avatar, and killed the demon. A grateful Bhudevi married the avatar and soon after got pregnant with a baby boy. Worried that the baby may be born with demonic powers because of their belief that he was conceived at an inappropriate time, the other gods refused to let Bhudevi give birth to the child. But eventually, their son was born and was placed on the sacrificial ground of Mithila, ruled by King Janaka. The royal priest named the boy Naraka, meaning skull because they found the baby's head gently placed on a skull. King Janaka accepted the responsibility of raising the child like his own. Meanwhile, Mother Earth, Bhudevi, impersonated a caretaker named Kathyaini so she could stick close to her son and watch over him while he grew up. Even though she had already sought and was blessed with a boon from Lord Vishnu that her son would live a long life filled with power and authority, she wanted to be with him throughout his childhood. Years go by as King Janaka raises Naraka with the other princes. The boy grew in strength and courage after being trained by the best teachers in the land. And the king was starting to get worried if he might lose his throne to Naraka someday. One day, goddess Bhudevi, still posing as Kathayani, overheard the king telling the queen he was intimidated by the boy and she quickly realized that it was time to step in and save her child. Under the guise of a pilgrimage to river Ganga, she invited Naraka to leave the palace with her. I'd love to, Naraka said, but first I must get my father's permission. Katyani decided that there was no point hiding the truth from her son anymore. There was no easy way to explain this, so she just came out and said it. There is no need to get his permission, Katyani replied, with tears. King Janaka is not your real father. Naraka was stunned. He had known Katyani his whole life and had no reason not to trust her, but this was too much to handle for the young man. However, he decided to hear her out. She told him the true story of his birth and his biological father. He couldn't believe his father was Lord Vishnu himself and his mother was Bhutevi. She told him that the king felt threatened by how powerful Naraka had become and since he wasn't their real son, it was only a matter of time before they tried to get rid of him. Naraka agreed to follow his mother as the two of them then left the kingdom and traveled by the river to the city of Pragyotisha, which was ruled by a powerful demon Named Ghatakasura. Naraka decided to battle the demon and defeated him, after which he took over the kingdom and became its new ruler. When Naraka took the throne, he was thrilled by his newfound power, which went to his head. He stopped caring about right versus wrong. He started hanging out with the other kings, who were also corrupt with power, and his friend Banasura, in particular, the king of Shawnitpura, manipulated him and filled his mind with evil ideas. With unbridled authority, Naraka started acting more like a demon and Asura himself and terrorized everyone across all three worlds, earth, heaven and the underworld. Naraka now became Naragasura. Even Indra, the king of demigods, could not withstand the assault and fled from heaven. Unopposed, Naragasura rose to become the overlord of both the heavens and earth. He didn't spare anyone, including Aditi, the heavenly mother goddess whom he harassed and whose precious earrings he stole. There was literally nothing else to win for him. He was already in control of everything but he wasn't done. Not yet. Power can be a dangerous drug. He proceeded to kidnap more than 16,000 women including mortals and celestial dancers and then imprisoned them atop the mountain Maniparvata guarded by Mura the five-headed demon And his seven sons. His reign of terror seemed endless as no one else was powerful enough to stop him. Desperate to stop Naragasura, the demigods went to Lord Vishnu for help. Vishnu remembered the boon he had granted to Bhudevi to allow her son to live a long and powerful life, so he couldn't do anything to stop Naragasura immediately, but he promised Indra, the king of the demigods, that he would attend to this matter in his next reincarnation as Krishna all they had to do was wait, which, of course, was easier said than done. True to Vishnu's word and Mother Earth's wishes, Naragasra lived long and reigned without opposition. He was so powerful and renowned that no one dared challenge him. All anyone could hope for was that Vishnu would take on his next avatar soon and fulfill his end of the bargain. At last, the demigods got their wish. Vishnu was reincarnated as Krishna, Having waited for what felt like an eternity, Aditi, who was still missing her earrings, approached her relative and Krishna's wife, Satyabhama, for help. Appalled at Aditi's plight as she narrated the terror of Naragasura's ill treatment of women and all his other atrocities, Satyabhama became enraged. In a fit of anger, she approached Lord Krishna and asked for his consent to wage an all-out war against Naragasura. Krishna knew it was time to put an end to this saga. As promised to Indra and the other Devas, Krishna took his wife Satyabhama with him as they rode on Garuda, a giant eagle, to Pragyotisha, which was surrounded on all sides by hills, weapons, water, fire and wind, and also a fence made of tens of thousands of dreadful wires. Krishna used his club to smash through the rock fortifications and then uses arrows to take down the unmanned weapons. With his sharp-edged disk, the Sudashana Chakra, he dismantled the fire, water and wind fortifications. And finally, with his sword, he cut through the wires. Krishna then blew his conch shell, the Panchajanya, whose vibrations sounded like the thunder as it reverberated throughout the universe. This rumbling sound shuddered the hearts of the enemy soldiers and it woke up the five-headed demon Mura was asleep in the water guarding the fortress. Recognizing the threat posed by Krishna, he raised his trident and launched it at Garuda at a terrifying speed. But Krishna shot a couple of arrows that broke the trident into pieces and counter-attacked the demon by raining arrows on him. Incensed, Mura decides to directly battle Krishna by flinging his club at him, which Krishna smashes into a thousand pieces with his own club. The demon then runs towards Krishna to strangle him with his bare hands but Krishna was in no mood to waste any more time with him and launches his Sudarshana Chakra and slices all the five heads of the demon. Watching in horror as their father's severed heads fell into the water, Mura's sons angrily prepared to retaliate. These fierce warriors furiously attacked Krishna with arrows, swords, clubs, spears, lances and tridents but Krishna effortlessly smashed these weapons to smithereens with his arrows. Naragasura's soldiers and army generals die one by one at the hands of Krishna as bodies start piling up in the battlefield. Naragasura could not contain his fury when he saw his entire army getting annihilated by just one man. His soldiers were dropping dead like flies and he decided it was time he battled Krishna himself. He grabbed his weapons and set out to the battlefield on his white elephant. Seeing Krishna and Satyabhama mounted upon Garuda looking like a cloud with lightning sitting above the sun, Naragasura released his Shatagni weapon at Krishna and was joined by all of the remaining soldiers who simultaneously attacked the couple with their weapons. This is what Krishna was waiting for. He had drawn the demon out to the open and he could finally now battle him one on one. But first he had to get rid of Naragasura's pesky army. So he went on a rampage and decimated whoever and whatever was left on the battlefield, including soldiers, horses and elephants. Even Garuda, the giant eagle, chased away the enemy's elephants by using its beak, talons and heavy wings. Seeing his army driven back and tormented by Garuda, Naragasura attacked the eagle with his spear. This was the same spear with which he had once defeated Indra and his powerful weapon, the Thunderbolt. But in spite of being struck by the mighty spear, Garuda was not shaken. Naragasara, frustrated in all his attempts, took up his trident to kill Krishna to end it all at once. But before he could even release the weapon, Krishna shot his Sudarshana Chakra at the demon and cut off his head, thus killing his own son and ending a hellish war. Krishna's and Satyabhama's victory over Naragasura was celebrated by all three worlds. Krishna then released the hostages and took him under a scare as they had nowhere to go. Before Naragasura died, however, he asked for a boon that his death be celebrated with light. Thus, this day is celebrated as Naraga Chaturdeshi, the day before Diwali, which is the popular and well-known Indian festival of lights. In general, it symbolizes the spiritual victory of light over darkness. If you think about it, Naraka was perfectly set up for success. He was born to the gods, he grew up as a prince and got the best education and the best military training in the land. He ruled a kingdom and wasn't doing so bad until his pride took over. You see, he didn't have to make the choices that he made. He made a conscious effort to terrorize innocent people and kidnap and harass women for which he paid the ultimate price. We see this in our life every single day. We see people who are given everything and they still fail miserably. And then there are people who start with practically nothing, you know, humble beginnings as they say, and they go on to live a great life, becoming success stories through grit and determination and their lives inspire generations. At the end of the day, What you're given is not as important as what you do with what's given to you. You control your future. So take a chance. Make your choice. Live your best life. Happy Diwali. Well, that's it for today, folks. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to help us out, tell your friends about the show. Also, visit mythsandmorals.com for more content. And if you want to follow us on social media, we are at mythsandmorals. Thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode.